Folks, we're here. It's another episode. Don't leave it to the judges podcast. I'm your host, the Samurai, here with my main man, Patty Broker. Skull, Patty. Yeah, yeah. What's going on out there, everybody? This is uh, Patty Broken Skull, a.k.a. Skywalker Red, a.k.a. Jimmy Tiptoes. And of course, again, we have another flawless episode because that's what we do here being top one, two, three, and four MMA podcast. We will not resist taking out Daniel Cormier, Nate Diaz, or Michael Jackson. And I'm talking about the bad Michael Jackson, not the beautiful voiced, uh, angelic Michael Jackson. I'm talking about this goofy who thought he was a UFC fighter, and that shit doesn't even count. Now... We had a we had a handful, I would say, a handful of really good bouts. You know, this last this last event had some good fights on it, told us a lot of things, answered a lot of questions. But I'm I still have more questions. <laughs> I have more questions. And I'll be honest, it was a fun fight night. I'm kind of disappointed in this fight card. We're going to be talking about not super great, a lot of unknown names, a lot of non-future champions, but hey, this show brings you every every element of those things, all right? We might as well be talking about Jake Paul versus whoever the fuck at this point, just because at least that has some hype behind it. Misha Tate does not. Now, where do you want to start, buddy? You want to start early on this card? I mean, I don't know how well I did. All I know is I, I was kind of invested in these fights for some reason. You know, Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez is already a staple, you know, for this card. It, they, they, came in, they came in and essentially did exactly what we expected, right? We expected this war and we saw max holloway as max holloway whatever he this man has done i don't want to get too deep into this right now i just want to set it up by that um whatever this man has done up to this point he's he's in championship form all right this is championship max holloway this is good luck when you fight me max holloway and i like that but can we say that for a lot of these fights i don't know can we say that for the fights that we're about to talk about in the next few minutes i don't know but i will say this I was watching a video. I'll share some news with you. I already shouted out MMA allegedly before. And this guy, this guy gives you a lot of the background, weird, strange stuff that has, that goes on in the MMA world, not just UFC. And apparently uh, MMA fighter, I think he's Russian or something like this. He has a very crazy name, but he just he killed a doctor uh, recently. I don't know. You probably heard this story. Yeah, yeah, Sam's nodding his head. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know if the listeners know, but you know this is what our show is. So I want to share this quickly. Um, Russian or something like this. Definitely not an American name. It's not Fred, you know, Samuels. It's fucking, you know, definitely Russian. Nagachev, Vladimir, what you know, whatever. Uh, they get in a COVID debate. They get in a debate over COVID and the vaccination, and the MMA fighter just wasn't having it. You know, he was. He he said that he had a strong opinion. He essentially had a strong opinion. It's so strong that. You know, he had to end the life of the man who was doubting his opinions. And he was invited to the doctor's house. This wasn't at a doctor's office. He's at this doctor's house. And he ends up, I, I, would, I can't even imagine how the conversation gets brought up at the dinner table. One, How you're going to be like, oh, well, well, apparently how, this guy was how a, exactly? A big time anti, but, he was known all of Russia for anti-vaccination. It's all like posted wow. nonstop anti-vax shit. Okay. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like a setup. Like the doctor was like, yeah, come on over. We'll hash this out over a dinner. I'll, I'll get in your ear. And this guy ended up just killing him. Uh, he stabbed him with like a chicken bone or some sort of a food bone, whatever they yes. were eating that had bones. You know, had to be chicken. Stabs the man. The man tries to run. The doctor tries to run away. And they proceed. They, this guy just proceeds to chase him outside and stabs him with a knife now and, and ends his life. Like, what do, you, what do you got to say about this, man? What do you know? Very odd, huh? I only knew what you said that I know this guy was a big time anti-vaxxer out in Russia and some of these folks are paranoid, you know, I don't even want to get into it here, but I'm vaxxed up, but, um, to each his own, man, I could give a shit less, you know, Joe Rogan, his doctor told him to do whatever he told him to do. You want to do it. You don't want to do it. None of my business, none of my yeah. concern. I don't even care. So, but, uh, apparently this guy, like his, his social media handles, he's like, uh, all the time, anti-vax, anti-vax, and I don't know how he got hooked up with his doctor. I don't know how he got hooked up with his doctor, but him and the doctor got in a big disagreement over it, and yeah, he decided to end his life, which really right. ridiculous. I and that's the and whole point. The I don't fuck? understand why we can't agree to disagree anymore, at all. 
Either you like my politics yeah, or I fucking hate your guts and think you're a crazy racist, white supremacist, whatever. Yeah. I don't know why we agree you should die. to disagree. Yeah, man, it's fucking it's it, it's a uh, it's weird how much of a stigma it used to be to bring out politics or vaccinations or religion and shit like this. And this guy goes to a guy and has dinner with him. And he's like, you know what? Vaccination's stupid. You're like, you know, I'm a doctor, right? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Hey, read the room, <laughs> you know, read the room. Uh, but it also fucking terrible. I mean, the guy's gone forever. Your MMA record means nothing now, unless, unless you're fighting exhibition fights in prison, like a fucking Ving Rhames movie. Uh, <laughs> that's a good fucking reference for anybody who knows Ving Rhames catalog as an actor. Um, he was in that movie with Wesley Snipes where they're both sort of boxers in prison. Doesn't matter. Let's move past it. But it is a good reference. Those who have seen the movie know what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> I want to talk about this guy, Cornier. All right. You guys might have heard of this guy. Um, he fought for a while in Strike Force. He was sort of a champion. Maybe he did some Olympic stuff. Um, he does some commentating work here and there. Uh, Daniel Cornier, he is a, um, a wrestler. You know, he's a, a big fan of the WWE, it seems. Uh, he would prefer to have been uh, in JR's spot. Um, instead, or the king, uh, commentating fights, Michael, whatever that, Michael, whatever, you know, I'm trying to name commentators for WWE. <laughs> yeah. well, I got to get you but, this AEW, man. Actually, JR is over there he announcing. Up. He's over there announcing. <laughs> All right. Well, but, uh, yeah, I got go. you. I got you. Shout out saying. to AEW. Well, yeah. what happened was I also follow this other channel called like MMA, uh, I don't know, MMA focus or some shit like MMA on point. And this dude puts out videos, like uh, multiple videos a week. And his most recent video was titled, Daniel Cormier reacts to Conor McGregor's face-off with Max Holloway on TV. Okay, so what essentially happens is when Max Holloway is being introduced to fight Yair Rodriguez, Conor is being filmed in his home, pacing back and forth in front of the TV. And eventually, I guess he, he does a face-off. I never saw that part. All I saw was him pacing with no shirt on, back and forth in front of the TV, right? And I guess Cormier reacts to it. And I simply, I already got a like for the comment that I left on this fucking channel. But I was like, hey guys, do you remember when Daniel Cormier talked about Nico Price's haircut? Yeah, his opinions on fights matter. Fuck that guy. Fuck him for real. Every, he's, I swear to God, Sam, it's only a matter of time before he stops getting, he's going to lose his job. I swear. We've, we've called a lot of shit on this podcast. Okay, let's we've said has happened you know the misha tate thing is kind of a big deal in itself we've we've talked about these fucking mma these female divisions in mma and it's like we know what you're doing so when it comes to cormier if justin gaethje already feels the way he feels and he's a big name oh there's a lot of other fighters back there biting their fucking tongue and i would imagine the only reason he's even still around is because his teammate is islam akachev it is khabib Nurmagomedov. it's not you know what i'm saying it's guys that daniel cormier or Dana White wants to remain having a relationship with, you know, a personal relationship, not just fighter to boss, right? And it's just so fucking crazy. He's the Henry Cejudo of the commentating table, okay? He's the guy that keeps showing up to the fucking party that nobody invites. It's like you don't dislike him, but you're going to have a better time if he's not around. That's exactly what it is. Every time I see a fight and I hear this dumbass man's voice, I'm like, I'm listening to the podcast while I watch these fights. I don't want to hear him speak. And Michael Bisbing's trailing right fucking behind him. So I would be surprised if we see Daniel, old Danny, Danny C getting very many uh commentating, much well, commentating work in the future. I got something because to if, say. If fighters about, are feeling this way, we have already Go ahead. Go ahead. I say I got something to say about Bisping, but that that relates to the Max Holloway fight. I don't know what Bisping's been watching sometimes, but we'll we'll get to the Max Holloway fight. Fuck it. Let's talk about it right now. All right, yeah, Max yeah, yeah. Holloway. Yara Rodriguez, okay, pretty decent fight, but not really. They want you to believe it was a decent fight. Uh, this, this is, um, I noticed right. this basically after that Sugar Shane beat the crap out of this nobody. It's like if you're still in the fight and you're getting pounded, that means you're really tough all of a sudden. And that's what they're, so Yara Rodriguez, yes, he didn't get knocked out. Does that mean he's really tough? I don't know. He got the shit beat out of him, it looked like to me. But uh, Michael Bisping, I don't know what he was watching because he's the whole uh, right around the third round. He starts. Uh, yeah, man, it's turned around for Holloway starting in the third round. And I'm like, what did he want? Not watch round two. Round two was Holloway's best round. In my opinion, he beat the living put on right, a show. Right. Just strike, strike, strike. 
nonstop. He didn't put much power because that's what he does. He hits you in bunches, punches and bunches. But man, Bisping, what the hell are you that's talking that. about? Exactly. And even when he interviewed Holloway after the fight, he's like, hey, man, it turned around in round three for you. Like, what in the hell are you talking about, Bisping? I don't know what he's doing. He's eating his Chick-fil-A, whatever he's right up there. to. He's not watching the damn fights. A lot of times he's contradicting himself. He's only got one eye to see it anyways. So how much can we believe what his analysis? Like, right. Now, when did this, when did we see this hit its peak? Whether Bisbing and this, this severe bias where you think a guy's doing well, or he, you remember the meme that I sent you where it was literally Drake and a bunch of his friends going crazy and it said, Nate Diaz fans. Yes. Uh, after he gets beat up for four rounds and then he flips off the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what this is. They're simply saying with Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje, right? This is when it kind of hit its peak for me where it's like, these guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> They're, and it shows how many fans are fucking dumb. These are just casual fans. They just want to see a brawl. They don't give a shit about the fact that he got his ass whooped mm -hmm. for the entire fight. Michael Chandler's not going to be back for a long time because he got beat up so badly. And you're going to sit here and try to push him over on us? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're supposed to be fans of his now because Justin Gaethje worked him over and he survived? Fuck you. Go back to Bellator. Go break your fucking ankle again, and we can stop hearing about you. Same thing with Yair Rodriguez. The guy does have talent. He deserves to be in the division. He deserves to fight more. It's not on the same level as Michael Chandler, but the fact that Bisbing is still saying the same shit, you're still being like, well, look, how he's doing so. Look, he spun. He did a spinning thing. You're like, it's not that special, man. He got beat up still. You need to, you need to say, hey, what's he going to do next? He did. He pref this is a guy that he shouldn't have beat, right? That's fine. You can have that feeling, but be mm -hmm. honest. Don't sit there and be like, well, Max Holloway barely won round. No, he won essentially, I would say, the entire – every fight, every round of that fight. Mm -hmm. I didn't see where he slouched even once. No. There was a couple good shots from Yair, but I think he got stung a couple times early, and that really put him in this weird place. He, he couldn't figure out Max's timing, and I think that's the problem with everybody. He's a big guy for that weight class. He's tall for the weight class. He's – his conditioning, you want to talk about conditioning in any sense, mention Max Holloway's conditioning because that's not the only skill the man has. That's the, one of the last things, but that is one of the, the finer skills to have when he's already good at these other things. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. When they went to the ground, I was very surprised. They went to the ground, right? I'm pretty sure they got – Yair went for a takedown at some point, and Max was on top. And there was previews before the fight about Yair, Yair's uh, jiu-jitsu. And you're like, well, show me. Show me. Or or does Max – or is somebody going to be on the commentating booth being like, look at Max Holloway's defense. You're like, he's not – he's just sitting on him. Mm -hmm. He's not He's not even going for a submission, so where's the defense? You know what I'm saying? And I, that's the same type of shit that they're going to do, and that's, that, that's why I think if we're going to make the best podcast we can uh, and we cut out all this funny humor shit, we're going to have to simply just stop listening to the commentating, right? If they well, want this show to be bland and just talk fucking fight stats, that's the best way to they, they stop talking a, about these goddamn commentators. There will be a fight where someone takes someone down and Bisping's, oh my gosh, look at that. Look how dominant, showing those dominance with those takedowns. The very next <laughs> yeah. fight, and the person doesn't do anything. Well, they can do something any second. They're about to posture up. The person just sits there. The very next yeah. fight, <laughs> the very next fight, someone gets taken down and the person on top doesn't do anything. Well... Yeah, the judges, the judges ain't worried. Of, they, they're not worried about someone just taking someone down. You got to do some damage. That doesn't get you anywhere. But the previous fight before, he could have said, oh, man, the judges Happy are taking that in account. They won that fight. So, I mean, it just depends on if he likes the fight or not. There was a fight on this exactly. card. I don't remember which fight it was. Uh, the fight, it had went 20 seconds. I might, I think it might have been Colin England. He goes, oh, Colin's not looking too good tonight. He hadn't thrown a strike yet. It had been 20 seconds into the fight. So he's like, he's got his favorites, man, before the before the fights even begin. Nuts. Well, can't you, can't you also tell that we are both being more affected by these goddamn commentators, idiocracy, yes. than we are any of these fighters? That's the first thing like we talk point, about in every episode. Man, Aljo, just because he's quiet. Huh? <laughs> so, so, say that again? It's the first thing we talk about on every episode now. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But in the beginning, it was like we you, we simply started the show to talk about fights, and it's mm -hmm. like the more we watch, you can see this bias. You hear it constantly, and it takes away from you being able to enjoy the fight. You're like, now I'm pissed off because Joe Rogan just said something dumb. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I can't even pay attention to the fight. I'm so angry. He's like, oh, he's talking about some shit that doesn't matter at all. It has nothing to do with this fight. You're talking about a fight in the future. It's like, get past this guy first. Focus on the now. And who knows what kind of power we hold, man? Who knows what kind of power we hold in the world of MMA where we could possibly change this shit? Because uh, we've said some pretty dra- – I've said so. I'll, I'll take the uh, – I'll bear that burden. We've, I've said some pretty crazy things on the show where it's like, hey, man, wh- why isn't DC on the Contender Series no more? That's weird. We both ripped him that fucking episode. Hey, man, do something else. Be a referee. You got the body for it. <laughs> That's a good some fucking roast. Some of those referees that hurts his more, feelings. <laughs> some of those referees are more in shape than he is. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. But still, I mean, Keith Peterson would have a hard time against old DC. <laughs> So uh, man, but Mike Beltran would choke slam him through a table, no problem. Uh, so let's get into this card that, that just took place. This um, the first fight. I'm very happy that I kind of predicted the uh, everything that ha- would happen in the yeah, fight. Dude. The Kennedy, uh, I'm happy nunchuck guy. <laughs> he, he started off very slow as he normally does. He does it every fight. He starts off extremely slow and. Uh, Do Young Jong is not having it, man. He knocked his fucking ass out. I think you you were so predicted on that fight that you might have been able to knock his ass out. (laughs) Just come in the first two minutes and go ham, just go heavy. He's coming in slow every fight. And that's essentially what this guy did. And he put his ass away. Good night. Way to start the card. Wonderful. These are big guys. I mean, this is a huge, you know, uh, Japanese man, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. Because I've never, I mean, Korean. Okay, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Cut that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just looked at the flag. It's not because of his face. You're going to have to cut that part too. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't give a shit. Um, what I'm saying is it's rare that you see a big guy who is of Asian descent in the heavyweight division. Okay? They're typically smaller guys. We already know this. That's not stereotypical. It's just fact. They're littler guys. That's just what it is. Okay? Yao Ming is the only exception I can make, but I think he's Chinese. Point being is this could be different. This guy could bring a different fighting style to this division. He's in great shape, you know. They're heavyweights, correct? Or am I am, uh, am I wrong? Light, am I light I'm pretty sure they could not make. They're pretty close. Really, he's two hundred five. Okay, well, yeah. Either way, this is on the bigger end of Korean fighters, of Asian fighters in in any of UFC history, any MMA history where there's big dudes like this. I mean, what Fedor fought that one guy, Hungman Choi, seven oh, foot yeah. two MMA fighter beat his ass too okay my point is is this is a skilled fighter an in-shape fighter a guy who probably did very well in his game plan and saw the same fucking thing you saw for his last three fights he's like i'm just gonna go take his fucking head off i'm not wasting any time i'm not a model <laughs> i'm coming in here to hurt this guy right and he did that good way to start the card but then the next fight was uh mark dia casey versus rafael alves mm-hmm. now very surprising very surprising but also not if that's fair to say, because you, I haven't seen the two touch kick is only a thing to say, you know, it's no different than saying that this girl escapes submissions. It's like it doesn't mean much unless somebody puts you in the submission until we can see you implement the two kick like Yair Rodriguez's crazy finish over Chance Sung Jung. You're like these things. All these fighters have. They all have this capability. Even the uh, Chris Barnett, no matter what the guy looks like, he has these capabilities. He is trained in in this sport. So to think that this guy can't throw a spinning back fist or whatever the fuck jumping flying, whatever. Mm-hmm. He can't. And Mark Casey didn't show anything. Rafael Alves essentially finished, came in and dominated him. I mean, there was a couple good mm-hmm. shots in there, but not worthy of really mentioning more of that fight. Uh, same mm-hmm. thing with the next one, right? I mean, yeah. female fight, Courtney Casey versus Liana Dojua. Uh, you know, decision. Who cares? Just long, boring. Uh, then we have Sean Woodson, man. I told you the guy's long. Yeah, he's, he's got He's got good. He, to me, is a better version of what we saw in Violent Bob Ross. Okay, oh, take away all the paints, take away the happy trees, you get a Sean Woodson. Okay, the guys, he throws he throws a lot like Dustin Poirier and Amanda Nunes, full extension on his punches no matter the distance, okay? And him doing that, it it is much like a Max Holloway too, where it's like it's, it's, a, it's a swarm. It doesn't have to be knockout power. It's just enough, and it's accurate. And the same thing that we saw on the last card with um, the new guy, Gary, right? The Irish kid, mm-hmm. he hit that guy three times on his way down. That is precision striking. That is what Conor McGregor does. That is what Anderson Silva does. That's what Israel Adesanya does. And these guys are all essential. I would say Conor McGregor has more muscle than those. Is Izzy and Anderson Silva? 
<laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm. They're lanky guys. They throw punches from the end of the hand, and it's explosive. And he did that. He put this guy away pretty well, handedly. The thing I like think? about Woodson is uh, he does a lot of shots to the body. Like he mixes it up the whole fight, man. Kicks clean. to the body, so kicks to the Hell leg, yeah. kicks to the body, punch to the head. He's I think he to mixes me it's up that length, a lot, though, right? Like he's able to get there. Yeah, for sure. He's got some long ass legs. I didn't even think just, those that front kick to the body and those punches, like you said. Straight. I mean, he'll punch body twice, uppercut. I mean, he's he's just he's got several strikes and he's always hitting the body. Uh, really likes to wear the body down. The last several that fights I remember seeing of him. I know you saw it when Anthony got hit. That one that he hit him in the body with, and you could, it, it put him on his knees. Mm-hmm. Boom! Dropped him down, and then he got back up. You're like, damn, that because <laughs> it it you could tell that Woodson didn't put everything in it. It was just right there. Mm-hmm. It was the exact mm-hmm. punch. You know what I'm saying? And that's all it takes. I don't know. The guy's a problem. He needs some uh, better competition. <laughs> all right. Uh, now, this female fight here, uh, KGB, man, Andrea Lee, she looked phenomenal. She's been phenomenal in her last two fights when she took on um, mm-hmm. Shevchenko, not the champion, just her, a- Anthony. Right. I mean, and she dominated this fight. I mean, this, the, this, she broke this girl. Cynthia Cal- Calvillo, Vila, she broke her. She broke her. She went in. She beat her up. The uh, the round, the second round stopped, and this lady didn't come off the bench. Didn't come off the bench. So yeah, KGB Lee. I mean, she was a, a just above average fighter, and but the last two fights, she's just been very, well, extremely dominant. So I think she needs a tougher competition, man. Yeah, she is very strong. I would say that. That's one of the things I picked up on. It's like any situation that she was in in the fight, she found a way either out of it or to be dominant. And the thing that I'm I'm worried about is I felt like when she went back to her corner the same time Calvillo didn't come back out, I feel like she said something in the corner that was very telling, and I don't know if it was positive. I feel like she said something like, I broke something or... Maybe she was talking about Calvillo, like she's quitting or so, I don't know. She sounded like she was tired. There was some something there in the corner that I was like, some, what's up with Andrea? Something's going on here. This is not. But then Calvillo gave up. Yes. So I'm not saying that she wasn't dominant in that mm-hmm. fight. She was, but it did seem like she was exhausted. She was spent. But Calvillo was more spent. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah All yeah. I'm saying is I would like to see her go in there. And get a finish in her next fight, no matter how. I don't care if it's submission, whatever. I need to see a finish from this girl before I can start giving her real praise. That's just what it is, man. Because we got a goofy ass fight coming up with Nunez versus, you know, whoever the fuck. It doesn't even matter at this point, but God, at least we're going to see a female get knocked out. <laughs> it's oh, about man. time. But, anyways, uh, I'm excited about this next fight, okay? This was a surprise. I voted against this man, and I did it on the sheer purpose of what you said. Do you remember what you said? <laughs> Taking, give me the blame. Well, that you honestly is what made me go the other way is because mm-hmm. I said this and I is because of what you you said. The guy's got like 18 submission wins. And I said, well, Sam, if we've know anything about this sport, that shit doesn't matter anymore. This this jujitsu shit doesn't matter. It's not the domination of the game. And what the fuck happened? <laughs> the guy comes in, doesn't do one submission, doesn't even attempt a submission, sleeps the dude. Okay, so this to me was exactly what Kamzat did, right? I didn't have this preconceived notion of what Kamzat was yet, but he had won essentially two fights in a row by submission and then knocks Gerard, Gerald Mearshart out, okay? So you're like, this is who the fuck is this Alvarez guy? It's like I've never seen him, and there's also too many guys in the UFC named Alvarez. Yeah, so I'm very confused as to which one this one is. This guy's, <laughs> but this he guy's did now 19 and 2, oh. 16 submissions right. and 3 knockouts. But yeah, I wonder I, what I his other two knockouts look like. I was calling for a standing because this was this was professional, dude. To me, the way that he knocked him out was so clean. And Tiago Moises is not a dude to play with in the striking. The kid can take a punch, and you what? Because he's not a big guy. Alvarez isn't that big of a guy, but he's very athletic. You can tell. I I don't know. I I want to see stiffer compliment. I like this kid. He was really really fun, even though you didn't understand a word he said. The translation was great. It made him seem like a great dude. So this card, man, at 11 fights and nine finishes, which which I love. I love seeing that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Bantamweight belt, Song Yudong, uh, Julio Arce, uh, Song Yudong, 
Man, the last couple times I feel we've seen him, he's the guy's only twenty three years old. He's got he's got a, a hell of a future coming up. But, uh, That's yeah. a name we're gonna have to remember. We're gonna I be mean, stinging. He threw song that head dong. kicking and punches and punches. <laughs> Second round TKO. He's a problem. What division is that? That is the bantamweight division. Yeah, he's a problem. He's a problem. He's gonna he's gonna rise real quick. You know, if I'm not mistaken, Patty Pimblett over there in that division as well. Maybe. I'd like to see it, dude, but it's also saying a lot about Song Yadong. He pushed mm-hmm. him kind of backwards. But who's Julio Ars anyways? I've never heard of the dude. I don't remember seeing him fight before. And he got slept, so I forgot you already, guy. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, next up, we had a very strange bout. Only because of the weird things that happened. I can't remember what it was. Was it nut shots? Multiple nut shots? Both these guys hit each other in the balls, maybe? Am I wrong? Chaos Williams versus Miguel Baez. Uh, Baeza, excuse me. Yeah, I believe this was the fight where the hat took place. Okay. Hold on. So we both felt the same way about chaos, I believe, going into this fight. Um, and it went that way, but you kind of got in a weird place because of the nut shots. Sometimes you don't recover. And for a guy who we've only seen use one or two punches to finish people, you're like, how much does he have? And he's fighting a, a Miguel ba- uh, Baiza is not a slouch. The kid's good on the ground. He did well on the feet the whole time, but I think this proves Chaos Williams is special. He's got a lot of He's power. Somebody, yeah, scary. And this is this is one of, when the commentators should be saying shit like, "I wonder how long the power lasts." Like, can if he goes three rounds, is he still as powerful as he is in the first? That's what I want to know. Because if we keep taking it into deeper waters, can he still do that same shit? That's what I'm curious about. Does he have that power? But fuck, this guy is. He's a, he's the next one to watch. You know, keep paying attention to. Highlight reels ensue. All right, then a women's featherweight bout, Felicia Spencer, Leah Letson. Uh, I think everybody knew what was going to happen there. Leah Letson, she was only 5-2. and two. She had, hadn't had much experience. She only fought people that were, like her last opponent was two wins and one losses. Uh, Felicia Spencer, even though she had lost three of her last four, I mean, she was, you know, she, she was a, a UFC vet in a way. But, uh, yeah, she uh, put her away. She did, did take go all three rounds. Uh, the third, into the third round, she finally uh, got rid of her, got her out there. Uh, yeah, dude, the next fight caught me off guard. <laughs> so, I was not expecting Ben Rothwell to get no. this shit knocked out of him like that in 32 seconds into the fight. They weren't even clean shots, dude. And they were not. This dude. <laughs> it was bizarre. So it, again, talking about power, this Delima fella. I mean, he's not even, I mean, he's kind of a big heavyweight, but he's not tall. But that power, bro, who knows? Tom Aspinall, Chris Dawkins, Kyle, da- Kyle Dawkins might be the other, the smaller one. But you know what I'm saying? There's, mm-hmm. there's, some, there's some nice competition over there in the heavyweight division in some areas uh, for the new guys, right? It was like we could see them still be tested. I mean, Derek Lewis is still around. There's a lot of guys in the division that, for instance, any of these guys were to fight Stipe, you're going to learn a lot about them. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where where we don't know much. So him versus Ben Rothwell is one thing. You know what I mean? Him versus, like I said, Derek Lewis or whoever, Lewis Volkov. You know, these guys. You're going to learn a lot more about these fighters. Chris Barnett even. Let's go. That's two powerful dudes. Back-to-back fights. Both knockouts. Wheel kick. Knockout of Ben Rothwell. Chris Barnett versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Am I making a fight card, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. You've been playing the UFC game a bunch, making the fight cards up. No, <laughs> but, it never uh, goes the way you think, though. Uh, we already talked about the Max Holloway fight. Oh, I mean, yeah. this guy wants his wants his belt back. Yeah, I, he deserves it. He's he's still to me the true champion. Those fucking this is, I mean, the name of the podcast is exactly the Vol- Volkanovski versus Holloway fights. Had at any point Max Holloway been able to put him away? We'd have a champion, but because it was left to the judges, we have Volkanovski. <laughs> so I mean, I wish him the best, of course. But, you know. well, we're back at the Apex Center. It's again. all love, guys. <laughs> they're building um, a whole fight. Anyways, card. yeah, man, I'm fucking ready, dude. All right, they're building the whole fight card off of Amisha Tate, basically. But uh, you, yeah. we're gonna talk about this. But there's a couple of fights on this card that could easily be the main event over what the main event is. But the first fight, women's straw weight. Uh, Luana Pinheira versus Sam Hughes. 
Sam Hughes, man, she's five and three. She's lost three of her last four. And like the, her two last two wins, her opponents, they were both four and two. So she hasn't beaten anyone. Uh, Luana, she's won seven in a row. Her only loss is a split decision. Her fights, their their opponent, her opponents have been even records, basically just like Sam Hughes. So yeah, I think she takes it pretty fairly easily. Probably just sets on her, holds her up against a cage for three rounds. That's about it. All right, I'm gonna go the other direction here. I'm gonna go with Sam Hughes because she might be related to Matt Hughes, and he was a good fighter. So let's go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have for that one. Um, this name is insane. Um, Shay, oh. it's like Shaylin, Shay, uh, Nora, Dan, Beak, something like that. So you don't say the I? Why? What's the I in there for? You shouldn't have a silent letter in your fucking Dude, name. You don't go by what I okay? say. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying. I think more, a lot of people that are doing that are obviously from other countries. They're mm. like, I don't know. We don't use the V in my name. What? <laughs> so yeah, I don't because. Saying the I is Shay Elon. You'd have to literally pause to get there. Shay yeah. Elon, mm-hmm. I guess maybe. Anyways, I, I don't know who this dude is. Uh, I don't know who Sean Soriano is either. Uh, but I will say this: because of the crazy name and his fucking eyes, I'm going with the other guy, the Shay Elon. <laughs> <laughs> you going? You going with the? So you going with Sean uh, Soriano? No. Okay. No, I'm going with oh, Shay Elon. Okay, you went to Shay. Yeah. Okay, I want. Shay. I want him too. Uh, he's 0-1 in the UFC, but he's won seven of his last nine. The guy is, um, yeah, he's, the only thing about him, he does have four submission losses. But, uh, yeah, this son, Sean, Sean Soriano, he was in the UFC before, back in 2014 to two, January 2014. I was going to say I recognize the January 15. He went 0-3. So, and now he's back. He had one fight. So now he's 0-4 in the UFC total. But, uh, yeah, so I went the other way, man. I don't know how 76% of the people picked this guy. I think it's over. I think he loses this fight and this guy's gone again. But he does have a name like a second-string quarterback at Purdue. I hope you got that joke. That was very good. I know you started to say something when I hit the (laughs) actual punch. But, yeah, Sean Soriano, second-string quarterback at Purdue. Now, uh, Cody Durden. I mean, Tyler Durden, Cody Durden. I'm already going with this guy simply on that alone. Um, Yeah. <laughs> He's fighting Aori uh Kilang. Uh Cody Durden 11 and 3, 11 3 and 1. Uh Aori 18 and 8. Okay, 85% going with Dur- uh Cody Durden as well. What do you got on him, man? What do you think? Uh Durden, I, I went his way. He's 0 1 and 1 in the UFC, but uh Kilang, he's he's lost his UFC debut, so he's 0 and 1 also, but uh Man, I like his nickname, the Mongolian Murderer. But anyway, he's got a. He, this guy, he's got I like out of eighteen wins, eleven decision wins for Key Lang. Then uh, he's got. I mean, he's got eight losses. But uh, Durden, he's uh, coming off the loss last year in December last year to Jimmy Flick, and and uh, yeah, man, he's got five KO wins. Five wins. So he only one of his uh, wins been a decision. I went his way, so did 85% of the people. Well, <clears throat> I mean, the next one has some names. They're not familiar names. They're not even really recognizable, <laughs> unless you know Matt, the Steamroller Frovola. If you know him, you know Terrence McKinney, okay? Now, he's my ginger brother, of course. In the UFC, the kid's got massive power. He was nasty. And I'm talking about Matt Frivola. Okay, I'm going to give you a little backstory. Uh, Matt Frivola, I went for him because he was out for, with injuries for many fights. And the kid's nasty. He did very well in the contender series. And he's got a good personality too, all of us. Um, but he comes in to fight a replacement fighter named Terrence McKinney. Now, we didn't know anything about the guy. All you knew was <laughs> it was very... Quickly, one day, right? You're saying one day? No, I'm saying one. The, one the thing is, is, is uh, Terrence McKinney had fought June the fourth and and beat that's a guy. Right, that's right. Yeah. And this fight yeah. was June the twelfth that you're talking about. So absolutely, eight days so he later. Had, yeah. <laughs> Very early turnaround, but it was his UFC debut, mm-hmm. and this was the guy I think that turned around our assessment, new faces, because initially we're essentially just going away from the new faces. We're saying, hey. 
I don't know the guy. I don't know much about him. This, these bright lights is going to fuck you up. But Terrence McKinney came in and said, what bright lights? I'm here to, I'm here to bring the show. And he ran over the steamroller quickly. <laughs> Seven seconds. Impressive. Exactly. Now, he already has a record in UFC history forever. And this is what I like about this fucking pick in the fights game. That's what I like about the podcast. Because you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going with the guy that's not Terrence McKinney in this fight right now. Because oh, really? Fuck this guy. He took out Frivola. I'm against you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he is fighting again, dude. This is the first time we've seen him since that fight. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wanted to give him a, you know, a prologue, nope, epilogue, that's before, right? I wanted to give him that uh, because the guy hurt himself still. He still got injured in the fight against Matt Frivola. It wasn't because of Frivola, you know, uh, but he ends up hurting his foot, right? He like twisted his ankle or his mm-hmm. shoulder. Was it his shoulder? I think it was his foot, right? Uh, it's something like, to do with the, the yeah, leg. Something to do with his foot or leg. Uh, okay. Did he do like a backflip? He did, did the, something. the Johnny Walker, right? <laughs> he did something like that. I swear it was the way that he, yeah, yeah. The same thing with like Johnny Walker doing a, a celebration mm-hmm. at the end and fucked him up. Uh, it's not supposed to happen. So I wonder, it's been a while since we've seen him, right? Had, had to be 2020. Uh, that was in June. Okay. Yeah. So a few months ago. So mm-hmm. maybe he recovered from that and that's what he was doing. I don't know, but I'll tell you what, buddy, I didn't see enough. But I know who's uh, the guy who he's fighting. I've seen a little more out of him. Um, it is Terrence McKinney versus Fish, I would say, or Faraz, uh, Ziam. Ziam? Is it Ziam? I, I imagine Ziam. They both got a similar record, okay? Terrence McKinney, 11 and 3. Uh, Ferris, uh, 12 and 3. But everyone, well, a lot of people, okay? 76% going with the old Terrence McKinney. What do you think? I mean, he's got an Irish name for sure. <laughs> I'm going I with Terrence going McKinney. T-Rex, man. I'm going with him all the way. This guy has been... I like it. I mean, even though he's been off with that injury since June, this man, uh, he had two losses. He went on the contender series and lost to to Sean Woodson with with a flying knee. And then he uh, he went and he fought Derek Minimer in October. And then he came back in March in some independent promotion. He put a guy away in 16 seconds in March. April, he fought Scary. in some. He fought in some uh, LFA. He put a guy away in 17 seconds, and then June, he put a guy away a minute and 12 seconds, and then that's when he fought uh, eight days later and put Matt Farrell away in seven seconds. So this guy, I, I mean, just the kid's through. getting a paycheck. He's got uh, 14 fights. He's only been to the third round once. He's only been to the second round. <laughs> Yeah, this is a mistake. I'm even talking about his losses. His losses don't give you go that far. That's awesome. He's been finished Uh, in the first round. He's got three losses. Uh, One 39 seconds, one 57 seconds, and one was in the second round. Big That flying knee in the contender series. So other than that, that's a one time he went to the second round. He's got uh, one submission in the third round way back in 2018. This guy hasn't he hasn't been to a second round since July of last year. Five fights away. This guy, I, I like that energy, man. He comes in and he tries to end it as quick as he can. And sometimes he gets slept in the process. But he's going to put on a show. And that's I like what I like to see. So I went with Terrence McKinney. Yeah, and, uh, yeah man, he's, he's man. going against uh, the, the smile killer. And that guy, he's won seven of his last eight fights. He's 2-1 in the UFC. But uh, I am going Terrence Kinney all the way. He gets slept, he gets slept, but it's going to end quick. All right. I mean, the dude's rich as fuck already. You know what I mean? Like, he for sure made 50 grand off that seven-second knockout, 100%. And then he's like, I can definitely use just heal. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And also, but they put him on the contender series because they still weren't, were a little un, uneasy with straight signing him. But they knew that there was something special about this kid because of what you just told me. So they were like, after, even if he didn't win, he lost dramatically against a guy who's still doing well in the UFC, Sean Woodson. We mm-hmm. just talked about him. And, you know what I mean? That's a guy he might face again later mm-hmm. just because the dude's moved up in the rank so quickly. But anyways, we got another one that's kind of on a quick turnaround again. Yeah. You know? old. Yeah, this is crazy. So it's uh, Loopy Godinez. All right, man, she's been around. I think it's, it's, it's about time to stop fucking rooting against her. I just, you just got to take her on sheer heart alone. And she's fighting a, a chick who definitely takes some shots. Uh, Loma, Luke Boonmi. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she's been in some wildfire fights there. Uh, nothing too impressive, but I think this is Loopy's fight all day again. Yeah, uh, here's what I think. Uh, I think this uh, look boomy. Uh, out of her six wins, five of them are, are decisions. She is 3-1 and one in UFC, but she's lost. her one loss was in the UFC was to Angela Hill. So, come on. All right, my opinion. Loopy, she fought Jessica Pena. And that, that's the fight where uh, Penny had that big... I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. Call me out if I'm wrong. Isn't that the fight where she had a big uh, wall up on her head? Like the big knot? Looked like she had a third eye? I believe it was. Yeah, she, she, this girl strikes uh, in bunches. She punches in bunches. Mm-hmm. That's what she does. And this was a split decision against it's Jessica Pena. just not Pena. enough power. I haven't seen it really. And, and she lost that. She lost the decision. Okay. And, and I thought she should have won that fight. But, you know, you don't leave it to the judges. It's like the podcast says. But, uh... After that win, she she went and fought again, uh, beat another girl. And I think somebody in UFC was like, whoa, she's we got something here. She's pretty special. We're going to do a quick turnaround. And she had that seven-day turnaround, and she lost to uh, someone no one's ever heard of. No one expected her to lose that fight. And, uh, yeah, I think this is – I think they gave her this – I think uh, Luma is here for Loopy to redeem herself. That's what I think is happening. I think they want her to hurry up, turn around, put herself back on the right track from that loss, get it out of people's minds, and take care of business here. And that's what I see happening. So I'm uh, loopy all day long. Me too, buddy. I like it. You know, she's a fun fighter. She's got a crazy name. I know it's not a real name. It's like <laughs> Lupita. Uh, yeah. She's she's just a fun one to watch, you know, no matter win or lose. She's a, she's a great personality for the division. And, you know, it's wide open, man. Whether or not the champions are still the same champions as they should be, it's nice to see that maybe one day, you know, get back in there again with a, a possible title fight. You know? uh, but I like this next one too. All right, this is a good one. All right, we belt. saw this guy, Nathan. Say that again? Oh, I was gonna, saying light, a lightweight belt. That's all I said. Lightweight. Okay, lightweight. And it is Nathan Levi. And it's Nathan. I'm not, the guys, there's no H <laughs> in Nathan. It's Nathan. Okay. Levy or Levi, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they spelled it on accident. Maybe they're supposed to be an H, and the parents were drunk when they had him. I don't know. Uh, but it is Rafa Garcia, who he's fighting, who is 12 and 2, 37% going with Rafa Garcia. Uh, Nathan Levy is 6 and 0. Oh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, this kid either had a very quick submission the first time we saw him or a quick knockout. All I know is it wasn't memorable enough, other than the fact his name is missing the H. And I'm going with him in this fight. <laughs> Dude, also went with this guy, only because uh, Garcia is 0-2 in the UFC, and uh, both of his losses were decision, but he's seven of his wins are the submission win. But uh, yeah, I, I have Ray. I, I don't know shit about these guys. That's what I put down. But uh, Nathan, <laughs> which I for sure thought I would call him Nathan, so I even wrote down and underlined that there was no H in there. He's uh. His last four fights have all gone to the uh, to the third round. Like he's three submissions, three decisions. But to my knowledge, he's the only UFC fighter out of Israel. We saw him on the Contender Series uh, back uh, last year, November, and he won in the third round with a uh, single arm triangle choke. So I I went with him as well. Okay, there we go. All right. All right. Uh, next up, we have two more. This uh, is the fight I think will be. A good fight here you think so i think so. i feel man. like we did see a lot out of sabatini in his last fight he, he did well right he had a knockout i think at least a very good fight um i mean even the name it's pat sabatini versus tucker lutz i mean these guys sound straight out of a goddamn comic book yeah um, sabatini he knocked out oh, oh i'm sorry yeah he submitted uh jamal emmers in his last fight back in august and, and i was really high on emmers yeah. so that was impressive yeah so. me too i think we both went that direction um tucker lutz I don't, know, I don't I, the name is not it's it's not sticking out on any finishes but the kid's 12 and 1. So I don't know I think this might be his maybe third UFC fight or something like this. But he's fighting a guy who who could bring it. I think this is like you said it's another one of those that it's worth watching because this is one of those cards that they put together purposefully to move fighters. Whether out of the UFC, higher up on the rankings, it's a, it's a move, it's a move card. Do you have anything on Tucker Lutz cuz 64% yeah, Tucker Lutz, you know. man, he's twelve and one, but his only loss was his first ever fight. He got uh, TKO'd in the third round, but that was back in two thousand fifteen. So he's won twelve straight, twelve straight. Right. But, uh, 
I like his nickname's Top Gun. But uh, yeah, man, he's uh, six knockout wins, two submissions, four decisions, and that only loss he was he was knocked out. But uh, yeah, he fought Kevin Aguilar uh, back in May. That went to a decision. He won a decision, and before then, he was on the Contender Series twice. September and then November of last year. So I, I don't really remember that, but I, I mean, they must have, yeah. they, they were both decisions, so they must have brought them back. Uh, maybe they see something in them, but dude, I went with Pat Sabatini. <laughs> he's won his last four, and he's looked very impressive, and he really amazed me over Jamal Emmers. The guy's got 10 submission wins, and I went I went with him, uh, Pat Sabatini. I think this is going to be a good fight. I really yeah, I think it was a pretty impressive submission as well, like something we didn't think it was going to happen, and Sabatini just slapped it on, so... I think you're right in your assessment there as well, my friend. And I'm going to go uh, Sabatini, you know, not just because of the name, but come on. Yeah, that was uh, a, it was a heel hook in that fight against Jamal Emmer. And those are not easy. No. Uh, but we got some more what I would consider bangers. Davy Grant versus Adrian Yanez. Okay, Adrian Yanez, we know uh, he's had some crazy finishes. Uh, he came from the contender series as well. Davy Grant, no slouch with the finish either. The kid's got hands. Uh, I have nothing on this. I have no, I, not in the sense of, uh, uh, I know both these guys, but I have no idea who to choose. All right, so this is probably one I went back and forth a couple times on this. But uh, Davey Grant, he's 35, uh, eight of those uh, 13 wins are submission. But he also, he's been submitted four times himself out of his five losses. And uh, he lost his last fight to Marlon Vera. He's been, he's 4-4 four four to UFC. I went with Yanez, man. I went mean, he's Nine knockout wins, two submissions. He's never been finished. He's uh he's won seven straight, and now as he won seven straight fights, six of those have been knockouts. He's been on a roll lately. All right, tell me this. All right, uh, Davy Grant. What are his five losses? Davy Grant's five. Okay, let's yeah, see. I'm his just last curious fight how was the, he's uh, lost. Last he said he was fight, submitted, right? Yeah, well, the last fight was a decision to Four. Marlon Vera, and then. Uh, Manny Bermudez was a triangle choke. That was that was way back in 2018. Okay. Uh, Damian Stasek, uh, armbar. That was the fight right before, but that was two years before in 2000. And uh, Chris Holdsworth, uh, rear naked choke. And then you got to go back down to 2009 was an armbar from Dale Dargan. So, essentially, what you're saying is. If he he's gets on the ground, he's tapping quick. Yeah, but Adrian Yanez <laughs> is not. He's he's not a big submission guy. No, not at all. So I am still torn. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know, dude. Yanez, like I said, I believe this guy came from. He fights with like the Pettis boys. He trains those guys. Um, you know, I like to shit on them sometimes a little, but the kid's nasty. He really does have power that comes from nowhere. You're yeah. like, I don't know how he can punch that hard ever. And he's dangerous. But Davey's got a chin. Mm-hmm. He seems to be in there. And before that Vera fight, time. Davey's knocked out as the last two opponents before that Vera fight. Yeah, that's when he, that's when I started to remember him was when he had, had those finishes. But Yanez is more memorable. Oh, man. Because I also think this could be the one, you know, Davey Grant could. He's got the skills to beat him. Oh, man. I'm just going to do it for fun. I'm going to go Davy Grant. All right. All right. Yeah, definitely. Now, this, is gonna, I, this is one that should be further up on the card without question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but next up, we got Joanne Calderwood, now Joanne Wood, because she married her trainer, coach, whatever, that guy. Um, got himself a, like an English broad. Uh, she's got an accent of some kind. Uh, not a good fighter. Uh, you know, that sucks. Yeah, she's you know, got- at least Pat Barry's <laughs> wife is a champion. Never mind. Um, Joe, cause he's not a good fighter. It's like no. one, you know what I mean? Travis yeah. Brown, Ronda Rousey. It's like one shitty fighter, one champion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, Joanne Wood versus, and that's kind of nice though. She just had to take off the Calder part of her name, uh, versus <laughs> Talia Santos or Taylor. Yeah. Taylor. This woman is 18 and one. All right. That in itself gives her my pick. Because Joanne Calderwood has done nothing significant in her career besides shave the side of her head. <laughs> now she, I mean, back in, I don't know what year, but she has wins over Jessica I, KGB Lee. Of course, a decision win. 
Those nine over 15 fights decisions. And, uh, yeah, man, Santos, she's got 10 knockout wins. Her only loss ever in her career was a split decision. But, you know, even with all those knockout wins, she hasn't knocked anyone out since 2016. It's like the women that have power, they can come in to, to the UFC. They can come in fighting independent and knock out a bunch of women. And when they get to the UFC, they, that power is not like it was, you know, against nobodies. So, but right. yeah, I got Santos all day long. She needs to start fighting tougher competition. I think we might have mentioned that last episode, or not last episode, last time she fought. I believe we uh, made a mention that they need to move her up a little bit instead of taking these people that are like, you know, something where I'm just going to make an example, 10 and 5, that they're on a yeah. two fight win streak. So they, oh, they they can challenge uh, Nunez. No, Let, yeah, or whatever like that. Let's build this. Get this lady that's eighteen and one. Let's give her like let's give her two top women and then put Absolutely. her up there. That's what they used to do. That's what it used to be before the ranking system. That's what it used to be. They instilled the ranking system to purposefully take that away. You can't have a, a guy like Brock Lesnar come in and have one fight and then he's fighting for the belt. It's not possible anymore. That's bullshit. Because there's a lot of guys that should be a lot of women as well pushed right to the head. Mm-hmm. Go get the, go get it. You know what I'm saying? This is you have enough to sell the fight already. You know the fact that you're sort of unknown versus Conor McGregor or whatever. You know whoever champion. If, if you're minorly unknown when you're versing the champion who everybody knows, so that sells itself, right? Shevchenko versus any of these women, it doesn't matter the other woman. Mm-hmm. You're gonna watch because of Shevchenko. You see what I'm saying? So it's like you should be pushing these women instead of this ranking system where you're like, oh well, she should fight a fighter that people kind of remember. Like, we know the name Joanne Calderwood. We don't know any of her significant performances. We just know she's been in the UFC for a while. (laughs) Outside of that, unimpressed. Uh, But speaking of unimpressed, uh, I am fully impressed with this fella. Always have been. Uh, I like Ronnie Yahya. Uh, I told you he was one of the first follows on my Mm -hmm. MMA podcast ever. Not that he listened, but he followed the gram at the very least. Uh, The kid's got a lot of fights, 27, 10, and 1. Um, He's a submission specialist, period. So good luck. You know what he's going to do. And I'm going with him all day long. I'm not even going to talk about this other guy unless you 17, 8. Well, the other guy, he, uh, yeah, 17 and 8. Uh, 52% of the people picked him, so very even these picks. But um, he's got 11 submission wins. This, but he, his nickname is Mr. Perfect. This guy hasn't fought since December 2019. So what? how is he going to be? I don't know what kind of shape he's going to be. You know, I hate when people take a couple years off or whatever happens. Like with Rodriguez. You know how Rodriguez was going to be. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I went Ronnie. The man's got 21 submission wins out of his 27 wins. And uh, yeah, is this guy, I think he's going to be too much. He's taking uh, uh, Kong down and submit his ass. I think first round. Wow. Could be. So, yeah, man. Uh, Walter Waite co-main event next. Uh, Michael Chiesa, Sean Brady, uh, Brady's five foot nine. Chiesa's six foot one. So a, a four inch reach advantage, a four inch height advantage. But uh, man, Chiesa, he's been submitted four times out of his five losses. The man's won five of his last six, and he's a submission guy himself. He's got eleven submission wins, seven decision wins. He, I didn't even realize he has not knocked anyone out. In his whole career. But anyway, Brady, three knockouts, four submissions, seven decision wins. We're probably, I think we're looking at a decision. Um, it, and Brady, he looked great. He's undefeated. He looked good in his last fight against Jake Matthews, where he ended with the arm triangle choke in the third round. So I'm going with Brady here. Yeah, I like Brady as well. Uh, they're, they're trying to push Michael Chiesa on us as... Something special. I mean, the most notoriety this guy's had in his whole UFC career is getting that fucking, you know, trolley thrown through the fucking bus window by Conor McGregor. That's the only reason anybody even knows who you are, guy. Um, <laughs> that's something Conor would say if he ever fights him, for sure. <laughs> no, They only know you because of me. Fucking Conor McGregor. I'm the champ. That's pretty close, I think. Put a little echo on it. Yeah, man, you got some all kinds of acoustics going on over there. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, I don't know. I've never Michael Kies is boring. He's a takedown guy. He's two punches, shoot for the takedown, clinch up, 
And I hope Sean Brady fucking knocks his ass out. He's liable to. But yeah, we got the uh, the main event, which does not make any sense for this to be the main event. Women's band no. and weight fight. And, and just to let you know, the records don't mean shit. The, uh, the rankings don't mean shit. It's the name of the fighter. And everyone knows who Misha Tate is. So here she is in the main event. Uh, 19 and 7. She's 35 years old. And this is going to be, this. I don't think this is going to be that easy for her. I think this is going to be a, a, a small test for her. Boy, a test for her. Because uh, Ketlin Vieira, uh, she has lost two of her last three. She's got a, she's got three inches on uh, Tate. Uh, man, let's rewind back to 2018. <laughs> let's go back a couple years. Ketlin was 10-0 and and coming off a win off uh, over Kat Zinyanye. And then, she, I cannot fucking say that at all. But she was looking great. In other words, she was a fucking contender back then. Then she lost two of her last three, and she just hasn't been dominant. Yeah, I don't know what happened to her, but I think what's going to happen, Misha Tate's going to hold her up against the cage, uh, try to pressure her, and uh, she better watch some hands because I think Ketlin's going to get a couple punches in, but... Misha's just going to hold her up against a cage, probably try to take her down most of the fight and set on her. I don't see anybody getting knocked out here or anything. Which is it. Well, what we saw from Misha in her return performance was sort of what she does, you know? And that just shows zero growth. And I'm not saying that this division is full of highly skilled females in many positions, you know, wrestling in the entirety of the MMA sport, I'm just, they might be good at jujitsu or boxing, but they're not very well-rounded. So being able to throw Misha Tate right back in there to the wolves is kind of dangerous because you still aren't sure. Mm-hmm. You know, these are there's a lot of names that you, we hear over and over, but we don't get to see much out of them. Sure, they go three rounds, but it's the most boring shit you've ever watched. You know, give me some entertainment. Let me see some blood at the very least, Jessica I. Um, <laughs> Misha Tate just doesn't have anything, and she hasn't had anything since the UFC brought female fighters in that makes you say, well, I want her to be a champ. They're like, well, she's pretty enough. She'll date a fighter, you know, hmm. sorry, Brian Caraway, you know, <laughs> he got kicked to the curb. Now she's with Johnny Nunez. I'm surprised he's not on the card. You know that I, we've seen him. I've seen him a couple different times on the cards. And I'm like, hmm, I don't think I've ever picked that guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's her new husband. Shout out to uh, uh, once champions and never going to be champions. You decide which one I'm talking about. Uh, I think Ketlin Vera is uh, Vieira's taking this fight for sure. Whoa, wow. I think it, yeah, wow. I think it's uh, it, this is a mistake. This is one of those that you shouldn't have done. You pushed her too fast. You pushed her too fast, and and Ketlin is probably even training, laughing like, uh oh, this bitch just has no idea what's about to happen because she's very she's well rounded. She's got a lot of wins. You know, she's been in there, and. These lights are, again, new for Misha Tate. She's like Jordan going to the Wizards, you know. You're only going to have minor success. <laughs> but, yeah, right. other than that, solid enough card. You know, I'm not mad at it. Um, it. It is weird that they do this. They push these as main events, and you're like, come on, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. I know you're doing it because you, like, have to, and the times, and I want to be all, you know, appropriate or whatever the fuck the word is. But, come on, is this going to – I mean – the casual fan probably not clicking to watch this fight. Probably not clicking to watch this card because you're promoting it with them as the main, right? So I think there's a lot of skipping on them. They're like, oh, those two are fighting? This looks like an old card. <laughs> I was going to say, card somebody could be, um, <laughs> wait a minute, Misha Tate's on here? I thought she was retired. Right. Exactly my point. see what's going on. But be the only guys, I didn't do it through the entirety of this episode, so I'll do it now. Um, be sure. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Don't leave it to the judges pod. Uh, follow me, that dude with the ears. That dude with ears on, I think it's Instagram, right? Yeah, it's Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Um, you know, patreon.com slash podculture. Uh, check out the other show that is called The Other Podcast. This makes sense. It flows right off the top. Um, yeah, man, new episodes Friday over there for that. Uh, join the fucking group, man. We had a lot of people this last card. I don't know if it's because more people were watching the fights or more people listened to the show and decided to get the ESPN Plus app. But you can also play with us. You can make your picks. There's nothing on the line. You don't lose anything, but you can win shit, okay? It's rare that any of us do very well, but it's fun when we can. But the, that's not the goal of the show. You know, it's just an added element where the, the listeners can play along. And where can they find that, Sam? Right in the show notes. 
I have Damn. the link right there. You just click on it. Bam. Takes you right over the ESPN group. It's right there in the show notes. Exactly. I don't even think you need like an ESPN Plus subscription at all. You don't even have to watch mm. the fights to pick. Mm. Just, I'm mm. thinking about doing some baseball and just how well I do. I don't watch baseball at all. <laughs> but it would just be fun to see. I don't know. Blue Jays. That looks like a cool uniform. <laughs> They're like, they've never won. I'm like, well, my money's on them. That's how you win all the money in the world. You know, I go to the horse track. I'm like, I'm going with Gumby. <laughs> Why? I don't know. His name's good. But all right, guys, we're fucking out of here. Bye. <laughs>